To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. So today I'm really excited to be joined by author and independent journalist Alexander Zaitchik to talk about his brand new book that was just released at the beginning of March by Counterpoint Press called Owning the Sun, A People's History of Monopoly Medicine from Aspirin to COVID-19. Alex, welcome back to the Death Panel. It's so great to have you on the show again. Awesome to be back. Thanks for having me. So longtime listeners may remember when we had you on in the summer of 2021 to talk about the reporting that you had been doing about vaccine and pharmaceutical intellectual property regimes and the history and dynamics behind this sort of still ongoing debate over whether or not to allow COVID-19 vaccine technology transfer. And the truly sad thing is that where we stand today, the TRIPS waiver proposal honestly has not gone much of anywhere in the, the last 10 months since you and I spoke. If anything, it's gotten worse with the United States now trying to move to exclude India and um, South Africa, the two countries that had been pushing for the TRIPS waiver from any sort of a TRIPS waiver going forward. So, you know, pharmaceutical intellectual property is a topic that is really important to us here on Death Panel. And the last time you were on, you talked to us a little bit about the book that you were at the time still writing. So I'm so glad to have you back on finally to talk about your book now that it's out, Alex, which again is called Owning the Sun. It's really a people's history of monopoly medicine that traces not just how the industry develops and refines its practices throughout the 20th century in particular, you know, sort of just making overwhelming scientific progress in a very short time, but also how that progress came to be commodified in the very peculiar and exclusionary way that it has. In our current context, as we've, you know, discussed the last time you were on the show, you know, if you believe what the industry says about itself, then the only reason that we've seen these advances is because of the power of profit, which was only made possible by intellectual property, and that doing it any other way would impede progress. And I thought your book was fantastic, Alex, but I also really appreciated how it, it asserts just a completely different narrative. And it really walks through, you know, we don't think of intellectual property for pharmaceuticals as an open debate. It's been normalized, naturalized, and sort of narrativized as this inevitable development. But, you know, as the project of this book makes so clear, that's not the whole story. So I wondered if you could just, to start us off, Alex, could you briefly walk listeners through what the project of the book is and why you felt like the story really needed to be told as a sort of accessible people's history style account to sort of counteract the narrative that we've heard for so many decades now out of the pharmaceutical industry itself. So like so much of the world that we live in, the status quo in intellectual property and monopoly medicine benefits from a very shallow historical horizon and understanding. That's just kind of an across the board thing. I mean, <laughs> most people under the age of, I'm going to guess 35, maybe couldn't tell you what really NATO's function was in the Cold War, for example. And when it comes to the current uh, debate around vaccines and uh, the waiver of the WTO, there's probably an understanding that WTO is like the UN or something. And it's this sort of expression of, uh, of this universal will and the, the uh, bedrock part of the post-war order, maybe even been around longer than that. It's like the Red Cross or something. I mean, e <laughs> there's not much <laughs> uh, a sense out there. And I'll be honest, before I did this research, I myself was, I'm not, you know, accusing anyone of, of being, you know, 
horribly ignorant. I mean, I myself was was shamefully unaware of so much of this history, which is one of the reasons why I went so deep on it was because the more I uncovered, the more sort of just fascinating it became how recent and how shallow these this hmm. the roots of the system are and how deep the the counter paradigm is. And in fact, not just around the world, but even here, the sort of mothership of monopoly and mm-hmm. um, the private approach to, to medical science, uh, the privatization of medical science is, you know, for most of American history was the outlier and not just the outlier, but the very hated very opposed outlier and there were organized movements which we can get into represented by the heart of organized medicine and the pharmaceutical industry and all the way down to your local druggists who basically organized their entire professions and professional identities against precisely the system that we now Mm. embody so how that came to happen in such a short amount of time basically we're talking about um less than a century Right. And, you know, the, the country is uh, a few hundred years old now, so you can do the math um, when you say most of American history, this this was not how it is, how it was. So that was kind of the impetus. Uh, you know, you start peeling back the drug pricing debates in this country, and then you start to bump up against the post-war development of this system. And then you're like, wait a second, that was, I was almost alive <laughs> when these debates were happening. I was born in 1974. Right. And then you go back a little further and there's this just remarkable, just sort of almost unknown history of uh, what used to be known as ethical medicine, which was the mainstream. And uh, I tried to sort of piece together all of that history, which has been written about, but it's been done in a very sort of academic piecemeal way, um, which is the case with a lot of fields where you have great scholarship being done. I mean, I'm hardly the first person to write about this stuff. But, you know, most people are not reading academic journals and they're mm-hmm. not reading books on academic press presses. So what I tried to do was take all of that great scholarship and add a little bit of my own and then tie it together into a story that was accessible so people could understand this uh, transformation that's taken place in, in our recent history and the stakes of that transformation. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important because I, I feel like one of the main problems, or I guess we could call them sort of structural, cultural barriers to understanding really how we ended up with the pharmaceutical industry that we ended up with is that there's this tendency, especially when it comes to issues of regulating or capping big pharma's sort of purview or control over their own pricing and markets, right? They're, they use the excuse that people are not experts, that really pharma is this kind of exception to all other markets and can't really be regulated the same way because it requires this kind of prior expertise, which only they can, of course, provide. So I feel like I really appreciated, you know, just the the fact of trying, you know, what you're trying to do in this project, which is just basically say, you know, this is a story that people have a right to understand. And understanding it helps those who are sort of engaged in this fight around drug pricing and the monopolistic, you know, sort of regimes that we've come to understand as just a fact of healthcare, right, which are absolutely these very discrete business choices, not even choices really that were ultimately made for, you know, the point of innovation. But it was really kind of seen as this right to profit, which again, as you're saying, um, you know, rises in very recent history. So the book starts out with 
some of the earliest sort of histories of this debate over whether or not it was ethical to patent medicines. Could you sort of explain, you know, what things were like before? Because you referenced the the ethical medicine movement. And I don't think a lot of people know what that is. And I, I think, you know, not a lot of people are actually even aware that this was necessarily an open debate initially. Yeah. What you just said is interesting. You said now they fiercely resist any efforts to restrict their monopoly power and their, and their pricing power. For a long time, they restricted themselves as a matter of fundamental core professional ethics. Mm-hmm. They did not allow, and by they, I mean the sort of gatekeepers in Philadelphia, the, the, the major pharmaceutical, ethical pharmaceutical firms, as they called themselves, the med school deans, everyone associated with the researching, production, and selling of uh, medicine basically decided that they would not take advantage of U.S. patent law to include medicines in what was an otherwise very robust intellectual property regime in the United States, probably the most robust in the world, even superseding England, which gave us our patent system. And that covered the following things. Under under the ethical paradigm, you could not have a trademark for medicine. You had to use the scientific name. Wow. You could not (laughs) advertise that medicine unless it was extremely simple, text only, only information. And the focus of that ad had to be the maker. You could say, look, I'm an ethical manufacturer. I have a long history of producing quality constituent parts or, or finished products. And that was it. There, mm. there were no pictures. There was no testimonials. There was none of that. You, that would have you cast out of the ethical medical community, which was the dominant one. And now what time period was this? This was true up until the early decades of the 20th century when it started to really break down. Um, and the debate started, we can get into the the timeline a little bit, but uh, the, the real debate started in the 1890s. And then in the early decades of the 20th century, it started to break down. And in the post-war era, we get the rise of the sort of Terminator industry that we know. <laughs> uh, that chapter the, on the post-war years is, I believe, called The Making of a Monster, which is where we really where it comes into its own and we start to recognize the, the traits of, of the industry known as Big yeah. Pharma. Um, but yeah, it was basically an early 20th century transformation. And once it started to happen, it, it, it gained speed pretty quick. But for a long time, to answer your question about what was ethical medicine, you have to start with the patent itself. So mm-hmm. the patent was, remember, the patent was not invented to glorify intellectual property. It was right. a concession as part of a general ban against monopoly. To hear the full episode... Become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.